InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Recent research has found that a significant number of low-income people over 65 have no health insurance coverage, yet many desperately need it. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. The Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says approximately 8.5% of Americans have no health insurance. But a study that's now out reports the rate of uninsured is three times higher, about 25%, for Americans age 65 and older who get care at community health centers. And that rate is raising concerns. Joining us now is the study's corresponding author, Natalie Hugge. She's Associate Professor of Family Medicine at the Oregon Health and Science University School of Medicine. Doctor, if people are not insured at age 65, why aren't they on Medicare? Well, it turns out that many people are not eligible to receive Medicare. We always think of uninsured as younger working adults, but not everybody is eligible to Medicare. If you're not a U.S. citizen or if you have a green card, you're eligible, but if you don't, you're not. If you contributed to Social Security, you are eligible, but if you didn't, you're not. So it's not 100%. And I understand cost may be a factor. What is the monthly Medicare premium for Part B, the part for doctor care? Oh, that is a very complicated question. First, it should be noted that people who have lower income can qualify for free premiums. But there is definitely a Medicare premium that varies depending on your income. It might be very low, but it's up to, I think, $174 a month if you don't qualify for any lower subsidies. And then you will still probably need to have an Advantage plan that covers the Part D. And that can have premiums that are at no cost, zero to much higher. But then, you know, the lower the cost, maybe the less advantageous is the plan. So it can be very challenging for people in general and especially low income to navigate the Medicare program. And can 65-year-olds get health insurance via the Affordable Care Act, the so-called Obamacare? Yes. Technically, if you're not eligible for Medicare and you are a U.S. citizen or a green card holder, you can apply to a marketplace insurance. These insurances are great, but they're often more designed for younger people. And again, if you're a low-income individual, you will probably choose a lower premium plan that may really not be great for someone who has a lot of chronic diseases and needs expensive medications. Now, your study noted that Hispanic patients frequently lose their insurance at age 65. What are the reasons there? Well, we suspect, though, you know, our data can't really tell us why individuals don't have health insurance, but we suspect that they're just not eligible to get Medicare through either their citizenship. And there is very little options for adults that have worked in the U.S. for years and they are not U.S. citizens and they cannot apply for either the marketplace or Medicare. There are a few states across the U.S. who are now providing health insurance for immigrants, regardless of their immigration status. But even that has like specific subgroup, like California, for example, supports older adults who are 50 and older. Oregon is working on all adults, and so it varies. We're visiting with Natalie Hugge, Associate Professor of Family Medicine at the Oregon Health and Science University School of Medicine. Their study was published in the Journal of the American Board of Family Medicine. Medicare seems to be a game changer for older adults, is it not? Isn't it common for patients to be diagnosed with chronic health conditions after going on Medicare? 
Well, one would hope that you would get diagnosed with your conditions before, that it doesn't happen like as soon as you turn 65, so maybe you wake up in the morning and have these conditions. But typically, you will have a lot of health disease and conditions as you grow older. That's a fact. That's just the way we age. And for people with lower income, they are much more likely to have already chronic diseases before they become 65. And we found that 70% in these specific clinics that serve these low-income patients that can't really get care because they serve these patients who do not have health insurance, over 70% of them already had chronic conditions. And then when they turn 65 and they can get Medicare and have even more frequent care, they again get more conditions, new conditions get diagnosed, and over 80% of these individuals now have one condition. And even more alarming, among those who didn't have health insurance, 20% of them had at least five or more of these diseases. We're talking about diabetes, hypertension, cancer, anxiety, all kinds of conditions that really need a lot of care management and are difficult to handle on your own. And on the subject of going on Medicare, allowing the doctors who are now treating the patients to identify these additional health care issues, do you think this means the patients did not have adequate care prior to getting Medicare, or perhaps they did not visit the doctor as often as they should? I think it's a combination of not having frequent visits, not being able to have regular tests. We think of like having our regular preventive tests, like a blood test to check your yearly numbers and see how you're doing. And not every person that has difficulty accessing care in general, even if you have health insurance and you're a person that lives in poverty, you have to choose sometimes between going to see your doctor for your annual checkup and paying your rent, or you don't have transportation. So there are many other factors that really make it difficult for people living in poverty to get this continuous care. And it's not so much that the providers aren't going to want to do those tests, is that the clinician might have to prioritize why the patient is coming that day. And it might be for more of an acute, immediate need. You could think of a broken arm or something, and they're going to focus on that over like, oh, and by the way, we need to check up your blood and we need to do all these preventive care. Can you come back next week? Well, no, I can't. And so there's a lot of factors that makes it very difficult for people living in poverty to have that continuous care. And if we look back in time, let's say, if today's older Americans had health insurance earlier in life, do you believe that they might have fewer health needs as seniors? I believe it. And even if they had an equal number of health condition, having your condition managed. You can live with diabetes, you can live with hypertension, but you need to have it managed. You need to have the right medications, you need to be able to have your continuous care, your continuous test to make sure it's not progressing unexpectedly. You need to be able to afford that medication. And then it's control and you live with it. The issue is not having this ability to just go back and have your check or not having the ability to have an adequate diet to help with controlling the conditions. So that is a big factor for people with low income. And based on your study, what would you like to see policymakers do? One aspect would be to try to identify a way to plug that hole. People do not have health insurance when they're age 65. They have a lot of diseases that need care. How do we fix that problem? So one obvious one is to call for 
policymakers and legislation to kind of figure out a way to change that. And some states are doing that, as I said. So maybe expanding this universal health care covering everyone. But another option could also to bring more geriatric care within these clinics that care for these people who live in poverty, who are not aging, as the population of the U.S. is aging really rapidly. One out of six people right now in the U.S. are 65 plus. And these community clinics are not really set up to care for this aging population because they mostly care for younger adults. But more and more, they're going to face an older population of patients, and how do we support these clinics? How do we ensure that they have clinicians that have the time to spend with their geriatric patients? So really providing some extra supports for those clinics would be a great step to assist those patients. We're going to keep watching this. Natalie Hugay from the Oregon Health and Science University School of Medicine, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.